Are we live yet? No, hold on. I'm having, a, pro I'm having a problem. Hold on. One, two, it says three. we are. I'm going to take it from here if you don't. It says we are. Yeah, live. 34 seconds, baby. You hit the oh, button and we're going. We are live. I don't know what's going on around here. I'm losing, yeah, I losing love that you sleep. Wore your Bill, I love that you wore your Bill Belichick today. I'm losing sleep over this. What is going on? Go ahead. Let's talk while I figure out what the heck is going on. I love that you've gotten so technical in your middle age. Mm -hmm. What is that noise? Someone's going, ooh, ooh, it sounds like. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome. This is F&B Live. And yes, this is a professional broadcast. May of I? May I cut in and do our entry? <laughs> yes, please do. Food and beverage brought to life. But here's the problem. I didn't do this thing. I've, I've, I'm in the middle of, I, I didn't put our banner up, but it's Live. okay. Live juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farmers, foodies, and friends of yep. the food and beverage magazine world. That is right. I did it right for the first time in It sounded a month. good. Well, you know, this quarantine thing, I'm getting used to it. So now it's about the time. I'm... By the way, we actually have a clam digger on today. And a spoon licker. <laughs> we do. She's awesome. Who's your favorite spoon licker? Ooh, um, Julia Child. Really? Do you know who my favorite spoon licker is? I wonder if you could guess. I think you might be able to. Elizabeth Blau. No, stop talking about her every episode of the show. <laughs> but I want to be her when I grow up. I, uh, we all know that. Now, my favorite spoon licker. Come on, you know. Let me think about this for a second. Is it your mama? No, we were together. It was 20 years ago. We were in the kitchen. Robin Leach was there. You and me, Charlie Palmer. Who else was in that room? Oh, the Battermans. Remember them? And they had that little oh, the magazine? Batterberries. The Batterberries. Yes. Yeah, Remember them? Yeah. No, uh, Susan Feniger. That's my favorite and, and, and spoon you know what? I actually, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why that's an excellent choice. Because when we watch food on television being competed, demonstrated, taught, tasted, explored, we get a glimpse into the private lives and the secret lives and the professional lives of chefs and cooks and tasters and restaurateurs. Correct. And we all learn from each other. And there was a series of events many years ago that were sponsored by the San Pellegrino Company, which is a division of Nestle Water. And most people don't realize this, but Perrier and San Pellegrino are kind of the two versions of bubbly water that exist out in the world. Correct. For restaurants, Correct. the more food-friendly option of the two bubbly waters at the time. And, and this is in the pre-seltzer days. Today, everything is carbonated. And you can get bubbly water anywhere and everywhere from all over the planet, with and without alcohol, with and without flavor, with and without, with and without. But in those or days, without and with. Well, and in those days we Whoa, had. we're getting comments had, already, Jen. We're I know. And Go and ahead. in those days it was Pellegrino, San Pellegrino, the Italian water, and Perrier, the French water. And Perrier and San Pellegrino have different bubbles. Okay, the bubbles in the San Pellegrino are softer, which make them more food friendly, which is why it's the choice of restaurateurs all over. But if you are bubbly water and you're um, forsaking, imbibing, and you want to replicate the adult beverage experience, and you want to mimic the kind of satisfaction of a bubble from a champagne, well, then Perrier is your drink. And Ooh. back in the day, there were the two. And so San Pellegrino did lots of promotions around restaurants and chefs, including the San Pellegrino Almost Famous Chef Contest that brought literally the top graduating students from the top culinary schools all over the world together for a competition. And it was at many of those sponsored in conjunction with Johnson and Wales and other culinary programs that you and me and Robin Leach, we, when I first met you, thanks to Robin Leach, but we would go and have these tastings where we'd watch these culinary students competing for the prizes for the almost famous chef contest. Cause these were the, these were the equivalents of the best new chef on the cover of food and wine. And so when we were all together in Las Vegas at Charlie Palmer's tasting one time, Susan Feniger from the two hot tamales and border grill walked around with a handful of um, spoons constantly. 
constantly. And I was watching her and, and, and she tasted everything because to her, tasting as the chefs progressed, not only taught you about their own philosophy of flavor, but it showed you how effectively they were building flavors and how effectively they were correcting mistakes and adjusting for light, medium, or full-bodied ingredients that have natural variability in their ripeness, in their seasonality, etc. So how many times have you watched Chopped with our friend Ted Allen and said, Gee, I, wonder, I wonder what that tastes like, how when they're tasting that sauce in the blender with just two minutes to go, do they know when they taste it, oh, it needs more salt, it needs more citrus, it needs more herbs, it needs more something. And so those moments are the moments that I think are the lost moments of TV and TV cooking and TV food presentation when nobody explains to you why they're tasting, what they're tasting for, and how they're using that to correct what it is that they are tasting to make it better. But back in the day at the Almost Famous Chef Contest, Susan was tasting everything and licking every spoon. And you you dip it in and you look at it and you might smell it and then you taste it and then you discard into the dish pit the spoon. You don't use plastic. You're very sustainable. And I asked her about this. I love, this. I said, love that dish you pit. You should be tasting too. So do you remember she handed you and she handed me some spoons and she said, taste. I said, D don't the kids, don't the, don't the chefs don't they want to finish it first? And she said, they may want to, but what I need to know about how they work and what they're accomplishing and how their process works, I can't learn from the finished product alone. I need to taste it. And that was that I'm paraphrasing because we had a nice long conversation about it, but that's the gist of it. The gist of it is why do you taste as you're cooking? Because everything we cook with for the most part is going to have variability. No two wow. oranges taste the same. No two limes taste the same and no two recipes are going to taste the same made by two different people. The day may be warmer. The day may be cooler. The humidity may be high. The humidity may be low. It always turns out different. Your job as a cook is to taste it, to see how close it is to what you intended and then say, if it's not there yet, how do I get there? And when we say there, we mean the bar that we, that we describe as irresistible. Make whatever you're making be an irresistible example of the very thing you're cooking. That's what we're all going for. It's not that there's one right answer or one wrong answer. Only when you put it in your mouth can you say, yep, that's what I want it to taste like. Speaking of irresistible, speaking of irresistible. Yes. Guess who's in the background? Did I say it? Do I need to say it? Yes. No, not Susan Fetiger. Who's our first guest up? Oh, oh. All right. I mean, do so I have not to? Only, not only is our first guest on with us today, pioneering and reimagining and reinventing what food will look like made for friends, guests, and customers in the post pandemic period. I can't believe that the three P's are not the payroll protection program anymore. It's post pandemic period. Post pandemic, we're going to imagine where are we going to get our food from? If we can't go to restaurants, where are we going to go? How are restaurants that are struggling to survive, losing half to two-thirds of their seats going to survive? Well, we're turning to friends this week, all week, about innovation. And one of the things we're going to do is talk to my good friend, native New Englander, Annie B. Copps, who's a former editor, longtime contributor, not only for Yankee Magazine and many other of the nation's outlets, but she is a bona fide clam digger. And in a recent edition of Boston Magazine when she was talking about her famous favorite clam and crab shacks and lobster shacks all over New England. She did it under the clam digger headline, digging up the best shack experiences for your summer delights. But she's also recently undertaken an extraordinary new project that she's here to talk about. Not only is she one of my favorite food people, she and I are soul sisters from uh, that New England origin uh, it really gives me a tremendous amount of pleasure. Uh, it's my honor, really, to welcome Annie B. Copps, author of A Little Cape Cod Cookbook and so many other works that we're going to talk about today, but I welcome her now. Oh, and A Little Taste of Maine. Can we hear her? Yeah. Annie, can, can you hear me? 
Yes. And yeah, she's on and she's good. Whoever's running the technical part of this programming, amazing guy. He's an amazing, amazing. amazing. What, so what are his initials? And it was an MP, MP. But let me just show you, Annie. Let me just show you how great we really are. Okay. We do a little pre stuff every once in a while. And uh, we could pop this up. Thank you. See, see how that works? Wow. We can pop this up. Face of Cod. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, Put those I'm, up again. I, I want to see the cover because I want to point something out to you all. Look at this. We've got Tara Marks excited to hear from Annie. I know. Hi, excited. You know her? Exciting. No. I now love we do. I love that we have fans and friends. Listen, Annie, in the corner. Hold on. I want to show Annie how famous I am. <laughs> Annie, art man. Star of television, podcasting. He wants to be me when he grows up. That is your um, uh, Facebook profile name. Art Man from Wild on E. Remember Wild on E? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hey, Art, will you come hang out with us sometime soon? Yes, Art. I'll give you uh, I'll give you the link whenever you want. Um, let me get back to Annie's uh, book pictures here. Go ahead, Jen. Let me. Um, you guys got me all fumudgled. I saw what she just. I'm going to get some of that. I think that has to have a little cranberry juice cocktail in it. Is it brown or is it red? It, well, actually, it is neither, but it is a Manhattan. Um, oh. Yeah. And I want you to, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a genuine Luxardo cherry on the bottom of that. All right, bottle. I'll be right back. Michael, keep it going. What would you like me to say when we're looking at your brick wall? <laughs> My gosh, Annie, it's just us now. It's just you and me, Michael. We can talk about well, Jennifer. I'm always good for that, but then Jennifer gets mad because she'll watch the show later. I just want to say this is a really um, magnificent uh, venue and uh, um, this Thank platform. Um, I'm so so thrilled and honored and excited. Um, Jennifer knows I'm a you know former radio and television person, and when this stuff started to go down, you know, like a lot of people, my river ran completely dry, and right. I was really scared. In the last two or three weeks, I've really started to feel much more hopeful, and with shows like this. Um, and you know, a lot of the, the podcasts that are out there and everybody's trying their best to, you know, do what we do. And well, it's hard. It's hard. We, really hard. You know, we, we had, I started looking at our numbers more cause we've had nothing but time on our hands. Right. <laughs> so we've, uh, I'm looking at our analytics for the website, food and beverage magazines website. And I started looking and it turned out there's like 19,000 readers an hour. Oh brother, you're knocking it out of the park. On the website. And I said, to, and I was talking to Jennifer, who was always trying to guide me in all the right directions. I'll never go, but she's trying to guide me. <laughs> in the and uh, she's like, we, it's time now, Michael. It is time to let everybody know that everything's going to be okay and what we can do and bring them information and do it live um, non selfishly. You know what I mean, Annie? Non selfishly. Oh, I mean, it's not about us at all. I mean, I'll be a little, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, having a great author like yourself on. You know, that's exciting to me because I'm actually a great author, too. And my book comes out July 1st, Andy. July 1st, it'll be at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, Books A Million, everywhere else, Food & Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Okay, well, you know what? I wish that every restaurateur had had the opportunity to read your book before they open their doors. Because as, uh, you know, the three of us know, but certainly a lot, hopefully a lot of the listeners and watchers know, uh, the birth of a restaurant is a very difficult thing, and there are a lot of, I mean, all the advice in the world, and you still kind of stumble, and people go into it thinking that they're prepared, and they're not. And a book like yours is really going to save a lot of time and money. Listen, well, here's, here's I, what, I, I mean, Jennifer, Michael, let me Michael. just talk to Annie, Jennifer. Yeah. We're, having, we're, we're on a date. You walked away, and, you know, I it's did. like when, when you but bring had, your boyfriend to dinner and bring another girl in, and you walk away, <laughs> they, they kind of click, Jen. They kind of click. Not trying to block you, babe. You know what I'm saying? Like, there you were, and now Annie popped up, and it's I know, like, all right. Babe, Annie's a keeper. It looks like uh, the the uh, Harlem Shake is trying to get on for some reason, and they can't. I don't yeah, know if they don't have the link. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I see here Kim Wilson Marshall says she's trying to get on. She's waiting, but I don't see I her backstage. Here? Is she with us? No, she's not backstage. I need her to click in. She needs to click in. I don't even know. Maybe uh, what should we do here? Let's can we look at our emails, Jen, real quick? And I, I hate to have people yeah, waiting. Yeah. Dump, me, feel... dump me again and keep because Annie, I don't want you to go anywhere if you can stick no. around. No, Maybe Annie and I are on a date now, Jennifer. We're actually going to get close. Let's get close. Here we go. Do you like how I did that? Oh, we're super close. Wait a minute. I feel like I should put my glasses on. I feel very un, uh, uneducated right now. 
So, so you're a writer extraordinaire, a right? I mean, everywhere, right? You've got you're all over. New, you're the queen of New England, from what I understand. Well, that's, clam digger. that's nice of you and Jennifer to say. Um, I am from New England. I spent most of my career and my life here in New England. I was um, in the public health field for a long time. I was in restaurants for a long time. I was a journalist for a long time. And the last eight years, though, I have been working uh, in the cruise ship industry, teaching uh, cooking classes and leading culinary tours. Fun. So I can talk about any chapter of this crazy life of mine. But I like that. That's fun. It's a little scary right now. I mean, I'm glad you're not on a ship right now. That me too. Seems and, to be uh, scary. A lot of my crew buddies are, are. And I hope that everybody understands that this did not come from the cruise ships. Um, and that the cruise ships, if someone is sick on a cruise ship, it's hard. Um, it is a, a contained environment, but they work their tails off to keep the ships clean. And it never comes from the ship. It never comes from the crew. It always comes from the outside in. But, um, yeah, you know, a little scary. little scary. Yeah, I have about 40 friends who are, um, either, either they couldn't get repatriated or um, they need oh, to be wow. on the ship because they can't just leave them empty. I mean, it's, it's, it's for 66 days. They're having to And they're not getting yeah. paid. Are they getting paid? No. Some are and some aren't. Yeah. But they're getting fed. They're getting fed. They're I getting mean, baloney and, baloney and whitefish with a little bit of mustard? What, what are they eating? Probably at this point. Probably right? at this point. They, oh they are opening up some cans of tuna, I think. Uh, but uh, Oceania and Regent uh, were the cruise lines that they work for. They're owned by the sand company. And they're, they're boutique. They're very small ships. And yeah. Food and wine is the traveler that they they sought out, and they were very smart um, to uh, put in uh, culinary centers on um, about five of their ships. Uh, Twenty-four person, hands-on, we right. taught legit adult entertainment. Excuse me, adult education, adult entertainment. I meant education. Well, uh, Jennifer, I'm bringing you in now because I'm getting yeah. a little nervous where this conversation is going. <laughs> Yes. Annie's, you know, Annie, I, I live in Vegas, so adult entertainment uh, makes me I, nervous. I, it, well, it was entertaining, but it was adult education. Uh, two hours, 40 different classes, and then more than 90 culinary tours. I mean, it was, it's, it's Catherine Kelly, who runs the program, it's, it's amazing what she's put together. But I Eddie, was. Uh, we want you, we yes. want you to stay on with us, and inter we're going to interview this woman right now, this fantastic, I don't know, is she a chef, Jen, or she's just a restaurateur? So let me see. First but of all, I want Annie as our co pilot today. I'll even bow down. Today. Because Annie, we're going to get into Annie's story. It's very, I, I'm really interested, but I want Annie to hear about the, from what I looked at. Annie and I are going to toast each other. All right, toast. I only have my bottle of alkaline water. I'm trying to become alkaline so I can kill all the diseases in my body. All right, Michael, I want to tell you two other things about Annie. What about, what about our guest that's backstage? Yelena is coming to join us. Right now? Yeah, she should be here with us any minute. All right, well, I feel like it's a girls versus guys day. It's not. Well, it, lucky you. Yelena, you're sideways. Or maybe it's the Manhattan I've been drinking. <laughs> I think it, I think it's the Manhattan. Could be. So so first of all, I want to tell all of you that, that both Annie and I are natives of New England, Massachusetts in particular, and Boston. We consider ourselves Bostonians. And so when a Bostonian tells you that there's adult education or adult entertainment, they're pretty <laughs> much one in the same thing. In Las Vegas, they might be different, but in I mean, they may be the same, but in Boston, they're quite different. Adult entertainment in Boston was narrowly defined as combat zone, and uh, it's a whole separate thing. And, and uh, us Bostonians were known as being pretty conservative people, you know. You're lucky if you get a hug out of us, right, Annie? True. Um, you know, we are warming up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I, I do have to say my... Um, my family, we are we are huggers, but okay. Well, but that's not that is not the norm. But the thing about New Englanders, we may seem a little bit um, unfriendly or tough on the outside, but once you become friends with someone from New England, it's, it's the real deal. Like we and, don't, and we're as loyal as they come. I'm sorry. And we're as loyal as they come, to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. And. I'm and the one thing us New Englanders take around the world with us when we go places is our willingness to be quick and mouthy in any situation where you're standing in line at Dunkies waiting for a coffee and somebody in line ahead of you says something smart alecky and everybody laughs. You don't get that all over the country. So I will say when you leave New England, that's that humor that Jay Leno and all of our comedians that come out of New England, uh, 
that's what I miss. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you now, have you been to Harlem in New York? I won't say lately because yeah. of the pandemic, but when's the last time you were in New York City and when did you go to Harlem last? Oh, I was in Harlem in uh, January. Okay. Have you been to a place called Harlem Shake? Of course. Well, the founder and owner, co-owner of Harlem Shake is on with us. Ciao! Oh, wow, I love your restaurant, sweetie. Oh, you're sideways though. Yelena Pasek, welcome to FNB Live, representing what's going on on the ground in New York, in Harlem, the new old-fashioned way that the crispy, yummy chicken sandwich and hamburger and the diner counter is all brought back to life. You want to talk about old-fashioned and sexy like Boston in the same sentence. Look at this fantastic bathroom they do. Look at her hot dog. I mean, to me, everything about this place is perfect. Am I technically going too fast for you? You went from the bathroom yeah, to the I hot dog? Linger. I want to linger and swoon on these images. And I we'll want start to with like, a chicken. Let's look at well, this. Let's welcome yes. Yelena and ask her to tell yes, us about this. The chicken. Yelena, welcome. Can we hear you? Did we lose you? I don't I can't hear her. I wonder why. Yes, I see she, her. And she's sideways and her mic is on. Can you unmute your microphone? Yelena, we can't hear you. So there we go. No, now it's I muted. Okay. There we go. Hi, hun. There we go. Nope. You you turned it back off. So um, well Elena's getting fixed. Um I've been to her restaurant and I love a, a fried chicken sandwich more than I love clam strips. And Ooh, wait a second, wait a second. That's big. It is, it is. And um, I'll stop talking as soon as Yelena's live, but I have to tell you, I mean, it's shatteringly crunchy on the outside and that juicy, perfectly cooked on the inside and then this soft bun to your leg. You get it, and then you get a little more crunch from the pickle. Is that the sandwich of your dreams? Yeah. It really is. And I won't go to she's, look, she's gone dark. What's going on? Yeah. Look I'm not sure. You guys figure it out. Don't don't distract your guests with All right. the technical so problems. Let's talk about the chicken sandwich. I won't go to that place that doesn't love my friends who are gay or lesbian or don't believe in God. I will not eat that chicken sandwich. I will drive three and a half hours in a car to have lunch at Harlem Shake. Wow. That's what? Oh, it's so good. It's so, I mean, it has nothing to do with with a drive-through sandwich. But you know that there's all this, you know, the I, I won't I don't want to mention the other places name. Popeyes I'll mention, and that's that's pretty good. But that's fast food. What is happening in Harlem with this chicken sandwich is the thing of beauty. I don't know where she's sourcing her chickens. I don't know the secrets of it. But that's money well spent. Let's I see if we can hear her now, Jen. Sure. Yelena, welcome. Nope. Babe, we still don't have any sound. Okay, you guys work it out off camera with, with Yelena. Okay. How do you do that? How yeah, do you, Annie, yeah. Annie, how do you do that? How do you do that? I have no idea, but I don't think your guests want to hear about your technical. <laughs> they like it. The guests are our family. No, the people listening and watching. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we got to iron this eyes out. Eyes on the prize, people. Eyes on the prize. So go ahead. When we talk uh, about the food of New England and this pandemic moment, we're going to iron things out. We'll have Yelena on with us in a little while. Oh, um, yes. I want to hear her story. Well, I want to hear the story too. And, and I want I'm you gonna to go get that. her now. Okay. So, Annie, let's talk a little bit about your most recent project. You made news this weekend with a pop-up concept, Little Bird. So Little Bird Events is a company that's owned by my friend um, Angela Marenge, and it's in Norwood, Massachusetts, and it's a beautiful space. She has a full liquor license, a kitchen, outdoor space. She does beautiful events there, um, you know, wedding, rehearsal dinners, graduation parties, you know, whatever you want. And when this COVID-19 um, hit the fan, like everybody else out there. Um, events dried up. Yeah, I was saying to Michael, like the river dried up. So we had been talking a long time about doing some cooking classes there or maybe a book signing. And she called um, about two weeks before Mother's Day and said, I have an idea. 
and I, um, and I and like I've been trying to figure out how I could occupy my time. She said, "What if we did um, a, um, a Mother's Day brunch where people could come and pick up food?" Oh, nice! And I said, "Okay." And I started shooting about it over the weekend, and then, you know, by Monday or Tuesday, it was a week before Mother's Day, and I sent her some ideas. She said, "Great." We went to Restaurant Depot and Costco and um, the local uh, fish market and gathered the ingredients. And you know, without any sort of inventory system or proper packaging, we I mean, it was packaged nicely, but we didn't have any labels or stickers, and we were really flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, we pulled a rabbit out of our hats and served about 500 meals. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk about the fact that the news crews came out because you did several things that um, foretell where we might all be heading in the post-pandemic period in the food industry, in the hospitality industry. Talk about what you think Little Bird accomplished over the weekend as a pop-up with the to-go meals uh, that is different than existing restaurants just doing to-go meals, as many have been doing. Well, so one, Norwood is west of the city, and there are a lot of restaurants out there, but um, not as many as there are in the city. In the, the, in the city, um, the restaurants and in the suburbs are doing a terrific job doing the best they can to pivot and prepare food and have it ready for, for pickup. But we felt like, the, especially the moms that we talked to, they are sick and tired of their own food, and they're a little tired of the restaurants that they've been ordering takeaway from. So this was a chance for them to have something that was really created especially for them. It wasn't taken from our existing menu. This was designed specifically for them. So we got the food that I was cooking. Angela made beautiful flower arrangements. We have another friend who has a bloody mix that you can um, just add vodka to. Um, and, oh gosh, we had something else that I can't remember. Oh, um, Oreo cookies that say, you know, Mother's Day on them. So it was really, um, we did a strata, which is, you know, sausage and egg and kale. Um, like a like a savory bread pudding. Um, we did a braided breakfast loaf that had kale and leeks and um, peppers. And I did clam chowder. I made homemade pop tarts, cinnamon or strawberry, oh, wow. blueberry lemon cakes. Um, and I think we made something else. And to be honest with you, I feel like I was hit by a bus yesterday, so I'm I can't really remember it all. Um, so take a sip of your Manhattan. Yeah, no, so we pumped it all out. So what we're going to do moving forward, two parts. One, on Wednesdays and Fridays, our customers can come and pick up food. It won't be like the Mother's Day brunch because that was a little bit indulgent, but we're going to have salads and soups, entrees, um, charcuterie, um, snacks, hummus and crackers, and all that sort of thing. Right. Well, Wednesdays and Fridays are going to change every week, so they're not going to get the same thing. It'll be a limited menu, but it'll change every single week. And then as soon as the weather warms up, and if Governor Baker is able to, uh, we can open up restaurants, we're going to use the outside space and set up tables six feet apart. Oh, neat. Yeah, we're going to have a raw bar, grilling, live music, six feet apart. Fun. Yeah, this oh. is it's going to be the new normal. I want to ask you, uh, in this pandemic period where we have been locked up for close to 60 days for most people, yeah. and many restaurants that started off strong saying they were going to stay open, keep their employees going, and do to-go food, many have also closed their doors because it's difficult. Yeah, Entrepreneurs, most of the mom and pops in each of the cities around the country that are most severely impacted are the mom and pops, the entrepreneurs. And it's the men and the women, and a lot of times the moms and the women who are keeping these enterprises going. Yeah. And in this show today, uh, we've got two extraordinary female entrepreneurs who are doing the pivot to help us all go with hospitality to the new place post-pandemic period where we will have conviviality and hospitality anew in a brand new way. Joining us now from Harlem Shake in Harlem, New York, is Yelena Posick. Have we got it all ironed out? How are you? How are you? I think you can hear me now, I hope. Thank you for persevering with us. We're glad this all worked out. As you could uh, tell, our uh, celebrated co-host today is uh, the legendary food writer from New England, from Boston Magazine, Yankee Magazine, 
radio, TV, and everything delicious that New England has to offer, Annie B. Cops, who it turns out drives three and a half hours just to have your chicken sandwich. So this is a total mitzvah that you're together today. Welcome, Yelena. Thank you so much. I am very flattered uh, by your compliments to our chicken sandwich. I'll make sure the whole team knows. <laughs> Well, and not, and it's not just the chicken sandwich. I think everything that you're doing is, I didn't know that you were going to be on the show and I really like drew back my breath. I'm a big fan of what you do. Thank you so much. We you're so Yelena, tell everybody what you do at Harlem Shake and where the dream was born. So the dream was really born um, during my, my visits to the gym, believe it or not. When I started going to Harlem back in 2003, I would venture out of my uh, my gym workouts um, and just see that architecture, see the beauty, see the neighborhoods, and meet a lot of people. And I realized it's really where I would love to have um, a restaurant. I um, moved to Croatia in 2000, so I had other ventures with my um, with my family. Uh, however, this is my first solo venture, and it started 2013. It's been in the making the whole idea for uh, probably close to 10 years. I was looking for that moment, the perfect moment was really what I was looking for in location. Once I scored that, then we, we uh, ventured out to put together food and uh, as well as cultural uh, part of the concept to help uh, our brand director then. Uh, fortunately, chose, and he's a really genius in his own right. And the food portion, I was very fortunate as well. In fact, um, when I started, when I took this location, I, I really was trying to be pragmatic because I am a mom as well. Uh, and at that point I had two uh, young girls coming out of the woods, didn't want to spend long night hours, which was the norm for the very fine dining. So I was looking for a fast casual. And uh, I did I did research and I realized that Harlem doesn't have a burger joint and I thought this would be a great you know location for a burger joint. And then uh, just by doing more research I realized that I would love to reach out to Kenji Lopez also I think is like one of the biggest food um, uh, writers on the scene uh, in the later part of the 20th century. And I literally called, called him and asked him, would you like to consult for my menu? And he said, yeah, I live like five blocks up. Uh, this would be very exciting. My grandma is from Harlem and I'd love to help do this. So that was how, how everything felt together. It was really exciting. Tell us um, a little bit about that magical chicken. Uh, well, I'll just tell you, it's, um, it's definitely one of the more expensive cuts because we use top quality vendor and uh, it's just a, a, a chicken breast, but it's brined in buttermilk and spices. So the secret of that chicken is first uh, kosherizing it in the, in the brine so it becomes really moist. And then after it's been sitting in that patiently for like overnight period, then a dredge is uh, just a regular fried chicken dredge secret ingredients that I don't want to mention, but uh, then you get that result that you're, <laughs> that you're looking at. We also have the um, uh, dark fried chicken, which is our hot honey chicken sandwich. Right. So, uh, this, what you're seeing is a, a jerk chicken sandwich. We do our jerk powder that's with 23 spices in the blender from the scratch. So we have to switch very often and keep it in airtight, airtight containers because as, as you can imagine, the, the, the aroma of the spices evaporates, but it's really uh, something that is absolutely it seems to many people who taste it. It's 23 um, different spices ground together. As an uh, entrepreneur, then, Yelena, how are you surviving the pandemic? Well, I mean, it, it hit me on, on a personal level as well, because when they announced the shutdown, I believe I had COVID. I uh, had just my daughter got tested for the antibodies. I had all the symptoms. I was with a fever of 101. Uh, so I was fortunate to have business partners because I don't know how I would do it all on my own at that point. It lasted for a good 10 days. Uh, but, you know, as, 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 uh, we have been a pretty known in Harlem for food delivery all throughout our seven years. And in fact, we're celebrating our seventh anniversary uh, on the 13th, which is this week. Uh, so for the seven years, we've built quite a successful delivery. So we were fortunate in a sense that we were not uh, comparable to many fine dining establishments which really have to sort of start that from scratch because it's a very small part of their offering. Um, as well as being a fast casual establishment, it was a little bit easier for people to respect the takeout and it, it you know, it, it, it was, it, it 
put easier probably or not than on many fine dining, not to mention bars, clubs. So what we did, we, um, we obviously lost some of our sales. We had to lay off maybe 15% of our staff. Um, we obviously went through all the hurdles that everyone else is going through financially, the loans and such, but we were, again, fortunate to get everything pretty fast on time. And um, we didn't sit still and dwell. Uh, we dedicated this time to completely expand our delivery area. So our, our delivery area expanded by 50 blocks. Uh, so, you know, we still have lost, uh, say, maybe 30% of our revenue or 25%, but it, it, it kind of started pick up and increasing as the time went by. So that was lucky. Uh, now I'm happy to say we rehired all of our laid off staff. So that's great. Uh, also, we really tried to be inventive with the specials that we would offer. For example, we came up with this TP special, which we tried to be quirky like that. With every order over $25, like a roll of toilet paper. We also started selling hand uh, beer and wine and our famous day with people loving Harlem. We did uh, that quarantine special, which is like two rosés for, for $20. That took on really nice. Uh, then it created this amazing sticker that's called Stay Smart. I written it on me uh, today, uh, but you can see it on our social media and our website. It's our famous Miss Carla Street with the mask on saying, Stay Smart, do your part. Um, so, you know, in, in, that, in that kind of bounce back from the marketing really fast, and, and that helped us stay in the loop. We do get a ton of um, um, non-profits ordering meals and partnerships, and we're feeding a lot of frontline workers. We, we made over 5,000 meals in the past wow. few weeks. Uh, we, also have our, yeah, we also have our own uh, Harlem Hero Burger, which is actually anyone who, who shops uh, or buys something on our website can buy a Harlem Hero Burger at the price for free, and we ship them once a week to the... Harlem Hospital or any uptown hospital of our choice, we, we did uh, the Columbia University Medical Center, Hospital, Montefiore Hospital. So, uh, you know, we're trying to do our part in helping also uh, and, and having those uh, kind of important things to be involved in the community going on. Wow. Um, other than that, you know, uh, one of the one of the uh, unsung categories in this in this whole saga in New York, especially, is the office of the medical examiner. Uh, and uh, Dr. Jonathan Hayes and his teams uh, there are just, you can't imagine how uh, grueling this is. And we see the pictures of Hart Island, but there are people that are going through this with tremendous professionalism and respect. And you wouldn't think that, that these would be people that, nobody's thinking about cheeseburgers when they're going through this. But at the end of their shift, I'm telling you, this is perfect. And uh, I don't know about you, Annie, but but uh, Yelena, I, I know you're European, and, and I would I would say that the best pairing for cheeseburgers and French fries is champagne. Oh. And in success, you deserve it, and in defeat, you need it. Were the words of Winston Churchill. And I think during this pandemic, uh, no truer words could apply to really needing a glass of champagne, because as Betty Davis said herself. There comes a time in every woman's life where the only thing that helps is a glass of champagne. Um, Jennifer, I'm going to agree with you. I think champagne is always appropriate and always appreciated. But I have to say, you know, if, if you can't get to champagne and maybe you have a really good IPA or a big fat red wine or how about a shake, baby? We love the shakes at the shake. Now, did you have a shake when you had uh, a shake? Did I? Yes. I did not. Um, I confess. Um, I'm so sorry. I've got every vice I, 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 on I'm my shoulder, but so I don't have a sweet tooth. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, like, what are you sipping tonight? Yelena, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I, I can't see you. Oh. You're breaking up really bad. I can't hear you, sadly. I'm having some I thought I saw a glass of red wine in her hand. You know, I've also been told that when we go to New York and we interview New Yorkers, that there are so much demand for the the bandwidth uh, that it's is for our shows. Uh, so I apologize to our audience and, and we'll point out that we'll figure this out sooner or later. Maybe there are some key oh. hours we can dance around. It um, looks like we lost her. Now it's just Atlanta us. Plastic from Harlem Shake. 
Annie, I, I know we didn't set this up with you in advance, but I love it. Wait a minute, Jennifer. Je exactly. Jennifer. Elena's coming back on, and I also have let me get let me just get her back on. Does device is not let me do this. Let me bring on another one of my classy friends. I mean, when I say classy, this may be the classiest man in the world. Let me get Elena back on. Here we go. All right, you back on, Elena? I know. Okay. I'm going to bring on now yeah, a hi, living hi. legend. Can you hear me now? We hear you. We hear you. Yes. I'm going to bring on one of my friends from New York who's also a living legend. Yeah, a legend. Very legend. Uh, here he is. Here he is. Look at this guy. Look at this. Look at this handsome man. Look at this handsome man. The legend. Graham Morgan is with us in the house. How are you guys doing? I mean, now we're doing great. Listen, can I swoon? Are you swooning, Jennifer? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. am. I'm swooning. This is Mr. Spicy, and I'm Mrs. Spices. Okay. Beautiful. So, so Gramps is my very, very close and dear brother, basically. I know we we actually do look alike. If you look at us up close, <laughs> there's truly uh, a family. Let me see. How would this work? If I can. Oh, <laughs> you can't see us. What? Where did Annie go? Um, you can see the family resemblance. Um, <laughs> but Gramps, I wanted you to meet. Um, Obviously, Jennifer English, my co, yes, right over here, my co-host, Jennifer, and uh, of you'll course, Yelena. Harlem Shake. Have you heard of Harlem Shake, Gramps? I heard of the dance Harlem Shake. Oh my God! You haven't heard of the restaurant? No. We need to make the love connection with Yelena for you. Yelena, oh, this is our friend, Gramps Morgan, the legend. Yelena's having um, choppy sound. Let's cut her out and bring her back in, Elena. All right. Yelena. We're going to come Yelena, back in. Thank you so much for joining us. I am She's going to try to come back, Jen. We want her to come back. I want her to meet Gramps because she has – Gramps has an amazing jerk chicken um, sauces, and I want Yelena to meet him. So let's uh, – you want to go out and come back in. Let's do that. Okay. Let's get her. Let's tell everybody about Graham's sauces and how it's fluent in flavor. Absolutely. Gramps, let's talk to Jennifer. Oh, look at this. About your phenomenalism. And I'll show some pictures. Yes, ma'am. All right, Gramps, what do we got here? What is this? Can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we've got your images up now, Gramps, of some yes. sauces. So, but I want yeah. everyone to know what they are. Yes, well, from left to right from your screen, you got the mild jerk sauce in the middle, the yellow stuff that looks like mustard. That it is not mustard. It are those scotch actually, bonnets? That's scotch bonnet pepper oh. sauce. Yes, and it's and it's part of the habanero family, but not only that, but it's one of the most the scotch bonnet peppers one of those most flavorful peppers it's it's a heat but there's a certain flavor to it and which it's it's one of the main components in making the um, jerk sauce um in the in the in the middle the big stuff that looks like barbecue sauce that's a jerk barbecue sauce and then to the right you have a hot jerk so you in the jerk um line you have um, mild and hot for people that want to turn up the fire a little bit more than most Nine. And then Gramps also has this line. What this is the same different this, stuff, Gramps? Yeah, just different, different shot. Now Gramps has been doing some really fun restaurant. Uh, I almost want to say pop-ups, right, Gramps? When you bring you're doing the jerk chicken, you're bringing, you're coming in as the celebrity um, that you are. Of course, it's the reggae celebrity. So, so the reggae, the reggae. How do you pronounce that, Gramps? Is it reggae? Reggae. Oh, just reggae. Yeah, man. Grams Morgan, the legend. <laughs> well, we we've done a couple collaborations with uh, Marcus Crooks from the Food Network um, at his restaurant called the uh, the Red Rooster in Harlem. We, I've done some stuff ooh, stuff ooh. up there. Um, we've also worked with Chris Blackwell. Um, he has something called Blackwell Rum. Um, I've done some things in the Caribbean, uh, Virgin Islands, even uh, this guy named Kenny Chesney. 
a country artist yeah. here from Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. I was very interested in it. Um, I've pre-launched it on uh, a tour that I did with Bob Marley's children, uh, Damian Marley, Stephen Marley, uh, is Bob Marley's grandson. His name is uh, Joe Mercer Marley, Taurus Riley, and Morgan Heritage. So we did a tour, and every night I would cook for the for the for the whole about two hundred. Awesome. And also at the same time, we would uh, sell bottles of jerk to the public, and it, it it sold off. We sold three pallets of it. So now it's about maybe getting ourselves together and jump on the shark tank or doing something crazy and get it to the people. Hey, Gramps, I have to ask you, when you are a legend in the music world and you cook the way you cook and you're fluent in flavor and music, yes. most of us are lucky enough, if we have a love language, to be fluent in that love language. Is music your love language? Is food and flavor your love language? Or how do you define it? Well, I would say it goes hand in hand, you know, because from the 70s, when people have been coming to Reggae Sunsplash and sleeping on pieces of cardboard boxes just to hear. Hey, Michael, can you pull up the picture of me in the spice shop with the spices in my hand? Because we're working through all this today. One of the things, Gramps, uh, you and I have in common is that Marcus Samuelson, uh, my friend Marcus Samuelson and I created a line together when his Africaya book came out. And I've got a picture oh. up on, on the screen right now. Uh, in my left hand, I've got two tubes of spices. And those are the Africaya spices we did with Marcus over 10 years ago. Nice. Wow, such a nice man. Very, very He's a lovely nice human really being. But, but I love his idea of flavor. And one of those, one of those, one of the blends we did together was a jerk blend, but it was a dry jerk blend. For people okay. who are not familiar with the culture of the islands from which we grew this love for the jerk seasoning, will you talk about what jerk is and what the tradition involves? And don't talk oh. about mojo, because I know that's the jerk. But let's not talk about mojo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my well, God, Gramps. The, the, the jerk culture, it comes, it derives from Africa. And it was used to preserve meat when people would go out in the wild and make their kill. And when a lot of times they didn't have ice or refrigeration, right. it is used to preserve meat. But also at the same time, it, it, it developed as a, uh, a, a something to preserve meat. It also came about with a flavor that's just right. incredible. The flavor of jerk is incredible. You're talking about things like, like pimento. I think in America they call it here allspice. You're talking about um, the scotch bonnet pepper. You're talking about a little bit of nutmeg. You're talking about a little bit of garlic powder. It, I mean, just until today, even people like Kraft macaroni and cheese, you know, Mr. Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, is now trying to do a jerk. So what I'm trying to do as a musician that's traveled the world and as a Jamaican, is to bring authentic jerk season to the people. There are many different brands out there, but I think we have really captured something with my jerk with my jerk sauce here. It, it tastes different. It's it's really something special, and I can't wait to get it to the people. Words that I've heard used about your products include essential and irresistible, because you have really struck a very pure note that that somehow in that one note of flavor, you can communicate an entire emotional and cultural experience about a type of cuisine. And right. that idea that it's so important to you that you wanted to bring this and share it with people uh, is really powerful. Can you talk about the spirit of being a musician and how that same spirit of generosity lets you share your gift as a musician uh, yeah. in, in a fluency with food as well. Well, one of the things um, is that, and, and Mike, Mike knows this as well, the stage is somewhere that we can all relate to, just like the kitchen. You know, everyone has something in, um, attached to the stage, you know. People love music and, and people love food, right? We can't survive without food. So there's something special about um, when especially in Jamaican culture, in the Caribbean island culture, we love on a Sunday 
music is playing in the background and we're making rice and peas. That's part of the culture. It's a family kind of thing. Similar when I went to Israel, um, when I was in Israel, there was the food just tastes different than having um, Jewish, you know, food in New York City. You'll get it close, but it's, you're not going to get that authenticity. And that's what I'm trying to bring is that authentic jerk. Because you go into the supermarket today, you see all kind of different jerk. And then you got all these different restaurants that say, you know, I have a jerk salad. And it's not the same coming from Jamaica when you get that authentic jerk taste. And I've seen people that challenge, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm even ready to challenge some of the people on the Food Network, like beat Bobby Flay and these guys, you know, <laughs> because I want them to understand that there's something special about the food that comes from Jamaica, it just tastes different. The same way I've experienced when I was in Israel, I had rice there, I had the tomatoes, it tastes totally different. Graham, before you, so good to be with us and visit with us and let us introduce your marvelous products to our audience. But I gotta talk a little bit now about magic. Yes. Because when you cook, you, me, Yelena, any of us, when mm -hmm. we cook, Everything we make and every tool we use allows the spirit that we have and the love that we have for the people that we cook for to come through us and into the food. Yes. Yelena, do you understand? Oh, I totally understand. Actually, I kind of spent most of the last four weeks just going to certain cookbooks that I haven't had a chance to do a recipe by recipe and my whole family uh, was so thrilled that my daughter started an account uh, called Quarantine to Eat on Instagram, and she said that this is a restaurant that recently opened in my home. It's just <laughs> love them, love them, bringing yeah. people who uh, love together. That's like one of my uh, my personal pleasures. So, Gramps, talk a little bit about the magic of how the love flows through you into food, and the love flows through you into music. Well, that's a great question, Jennifer, because one of the things that we grew up in the Caribbean that even in, in Caribbean culture, the men have to know how to cook. That's number one, even before the daughters. When growing up as a son, your the mom always wanted to make sure her son knows how to cook because when you get a wife, you got to know what you're tasting. So food comes with love. And when we grew up, it's not, it's like, my grandmother always told me that if you make food and it's, there's no love in it, you can feel it and you can make people sick. That's why people get stomach viruses, I mean, other than food poisoning and other things. But when you eat food, there, there's something that has to come over you. And there's people, if, I mean, I'm a Food Network fanatic. You know, I watch the channel all the time. And you hear them always talk about what you just said, is that you can feel the love in the food. And that's very important in Caribbean and island cooking. Have you cooked with Roger Moo King yet? Not yet. Not yet, no. And we have another mutual friend. So Kenny Chesney, do you like his rum? Oh, yes. Blue chair, yes. Yeah. Well, we got to figure out how we can infuse all that rum love and all of that flavor into uh, an experience together. Because the one thing I'm hoping that we do is tonight we're looking past this uh, pandemic to the post-pandemic period where entrepreneurs are going to pivot and everyone's going to bring what they have. And we're all going to celebrate and share and break bread together and infuse the food that we share together with all of our love. And that's Absolutely. why we wanted to invite Yelena to come on with us. And that's why Annie's with us. And that's why you're here. Because not only, it's not enough to feed everybody. Uh, like our friend Jose Andres goes around the world after a crisis and feeds people. He feeds people yeah. with love. It's not just yeah. food. No, it's more than, you There's can more feel to it. it. You can, yeah, you can feel it, Jennifer. Like I said, that that's staple. In, in even Italian, in most cultures, I can say in most cultures, you know, especially out of the United States, I mean, let's face it, the United States is a melting pot, right, of every other culture you got. But when you talk about Italian food, like it, it's, it's, the, it's the fresh tomatoes, it's the fresh garlic, it's, it's the love as to just not caring what is inside of your pot. It's fresh ingredients, and it's the care of what you are preparing for another human being. 
And then the and then in Jamaican culture, what are those marvelous little pastries that are kind of like a turnover? Oh, patty. Patty. <laughs> Jamaican patty. They well, you gotta you you patty. and I gotta do a patty making session sometime soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my skills sharp and be ready for you, Jennifer. You got it. And I'm gonna be looking for you on Food Network sometime soon. Tell everybody where they can find your products. You can go to just go to my social media. It's called Gramps Morgan Farms. And you can see everything there, everything about me, or you can follow me on Instagram at Gramps Morgan. Simple. It's straight my name, one word, Gramps Morgan. And we're looking to launch to the world very soon, coming to a supermarket near you. It's not fun, I, Jennifer. I like the pop-up stuff. I like the collaborations. That's why when Yelena said that she does the jerk chicken, I was like, this is an amazing thing because I want them to meet. Because oh, Gramps does jerk chicken? Whoa. Yeah. And and Gramps being from, I don't like to say this to everyone, New York City. <laughs> um, he's obviously up there a lot, Gramps. And then she, her restaurant is in Harlem. Elena, yeah. are you there? Can you... I think she's looped out again. Oh, but she'll... Totally me. Yeah. There she is. Let's uh, let's make a let's make a pop up yeah, be born. Let's plant the seeds for a pop up with Gramps Morgan and Harlem Shake. And then when let's that day it. comes, I'm coming to town. Let's do it. Let's do I'm, it. I'd like to get Gramps cooking with a bunch of the guys like Moo King and all those guys and Marcus and whatever. I think we should we should schedule some kind of a of a fun after quarantine thing at little at cities across the country and Listen, Elena will get involved. We've got New York food and wine festival is, I mean, nobody knows what events going to take place and what's not, and most events aren't taking place. So how are they going to be reborn and revived? You know, people are doing cooking classes. We're doing mm -hmm. shows like this. It's technically some days challenging. We're doing the best we can, but all of us on food and beverage magazine live are trying to do this because this is for the industry. We're hoping that you'll hear about people doing something somewhere in the country and be inspired to try it wherever you are. Try yeah, a pop-up like Annie's doing at Little Bird. Try something like they're doing at Harlem Shake. Try and bring some kind of that pop-up spirit to your regular world, the way Gramps is bringing his sauces to his music life. There's a way to be inspired by everybody we've had on today, and I, I hope that they can continue to inspire us and michael thanks for bringing us all together well it's you know it's nice i think the internet doesn't want us to be all together today though i think that we're having challenges but thank you for i mean you know i love i love challenges because you know the thing is jennifer this isn't our main thing you know what i mean this isn't what we do we're doing this to bring information to the people to show the love of the people out there to show what's happening in the industry and that you can succeed, right? Okay. And you can succeed and, and work harder. And, and it's all about ingenuity and ideas and pivot Listen. and all these great words. And these guys right here, like, you know, you bring Gramps Morgan up over to Harlem. You know, let's let's see what happens. When you bring Gramps Morgan up over to Harlem Shake and, you you know, people come out. And, and I think what needs to happen is everyone needs to work together on how to do that, right? Yeah. You know, it's not man. It's now it's not man against each other anymore. You know what I mean? And especially in our industry. And I think that's what people need to really have the foresight and set seeing because I live in Vegas and it was it was man against everybody. I mean, it was my place. You're not here. Blow them out of here. Get it rid of them. You know, all this very nasty. You know how my feelings are on this whole city. Right. But we're not talking about that today. Today, what we're doing is we're, <laughs> we're trying to bring everyone together is what I'm saying. We're bringing it all together. Yelena Pasek, thank you so much for being with us. And please come back and visit with us again. Yes. And Gramps, wherever you are, we love you. Michael, when you go home today, hug your kids and count your blessings. Thank you for joining us. We'll be here again tomorrow. We've got great shows all week. You're not going to want to miss a minute of it. And between now and then, we're going to get bigger broadband. Bigger broadband? Yeah. That's, that sounds silly. I don't know what that even means. How do we get a big... It's not us. It's not our broadband. We're fine. I know. Don't mock my broadband, Jennifer. You're making me <laughs> nervous. <laughs> Thank you to Annie B. Conn. Hey, I think, I think we have a show tomorrow. Don't we have a show tomorrow, Jen? We have a show every day this week. Oh, boy. You're keeping me busy. I am. All right. Annie B. Cox, Gramps Morgan, Helena. Thank Pass you all. Thank Pass you, Harlem Shake. 
Go out and buy local. Get the meals to go. Support your local restaurateurs and make sure you're doing it with a mask on and make sure that you are enjoying with people that you care about and love because this food thing we love so much, it's the language of love we share and it will be what gets us through. Thank you and have a nice dinner. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.